Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Thug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's right, everybody. It's episode 69 of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am joined alongside by Corey Oates this week. Joe is actually down in Florida, out with his lady. Say hello to the audience, Corey. First of all, first of all, I am honored. I am honored. I had no clue that this was episode 69, bro. So yeah. this, this, is, this is tremendous. And what a better... <laughs> What a better uh, way for us to team up than on episode 69 when our buddy Joe is in Florida. Probably not doing anything with the number 69. So, hey, But you know what? There's, being... there's hope. There's hope. Get a couple of, you know, <laughs> shots of uh, whiskey in someone and a couple of, uh, couple of little uh, cocktails and give the old right there, Fred, and you're doing pretty good. Oh, dude, being down in Florida where it's nice and warm, being down there with the theme parks, all the fun. I've done like, some fucked up shit in Florida. You're right in the mood. You're having fun. You're having a good time. I bet, you know what? Maybe out of respect for Joe, we can keep talking about his sex life. Or we could uh, move along to wrestling. What do you think? I mean, I would definitely rather. There's more to talk about in wrestling, believe it or not, this week with a pay-per-view than to talk about Joe's Joe sex life. <laughs> Although I'm not Ooh. saying that Joe's sex life is non-existent. I'm just saying that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that there's more to talk about in wrestling. Like, I can talk for more of a period of time than uh, that. Well, you know oh, what look I mean. That Eric Young's going off a cage right there. There you go. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am currently watching wrestling and recording this podcast at the same time. So there we go, multitasking at its finest. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you're catching up on the cage match there. But uh, if we're going to talk about 69, which is a total what reversal, is this? we'll talk about this later. But woo, I'm talking about the total reversal in fortunes for Jinder Mahal, going from total jobber to number one contender overnight. Well, uh, you know, the superstar shakeup changed things, man. What are you, you going to do about it? I mean, Jinder was the top heel in NXT originally. He was the top heel. Seth Rollins yeah. was the top babyface. And that was your title match when Seth Rollins won the NXT title the first time. Do you think, because I'm wondering at what point Vince got in his head that he wanted to try and push Jinder Mahal again. Because like, when he brought him back, clearly it wasn't then. Because like they were just jobbing him out to everybody, but do you think? Because like very recently, you know, he's just been getting even more and more jacked and ripped. And like, do you think he finally just got around to taking a look at Jinder Mahal? Like he looked at him, and he just like preed a little bit. 
I think that's a good. I mean, look at it this way: since he's came back, they brought him back uh, the a couple weeks into the draft when they started bringing back the old faces because they were trying to fill out the rosters. And I remember he came back, and I want to say he won his first match. Yeah, against and you're Heath like, Slater. Oh, right, right. <laughs> oh, because that was when Heath was trying to get the job. Right. That's what it was. Yes. Okay. So then after that, you didn't see him. I mean, he didn't see him, but like he was doing the jobs. Then they put him with Rusev, and then that was just, I feel like, a placeholder for a little bit. And I finally feel that it got to the point where it was, all right, well, maybe if they had something for him by the time he was with Rusev, it was too close to WrestleMania for anything. So now it's kind of like they hit the reset and they, they kind of reshape everything. So, I mean, it makes sense yeah. at this point uh, for them to do something. But it's just you're right. It is very strange for to the casual WWE fans. eye, Jinder Mahal is a jobber to somebody who's been following the WWE product. Okay, you might understand, like I said. Not to mention, WWE actually, within the last month, put up all those original NXTs on the network, finally. Mm. It only had before where the network started, which was like 2014 on. That was two years before that. Right. Uh, of, of footage that they didn't have. So now they filled in the gap, so you know people could actually go back and, I guess, see that. But ever since Jinder Mahal's been in the WWE, he was always a jobber, you know, except for when he was a 3MB, because 3MB... Is uh, is excellent. They they had some of the greatest memes ever. That's really that was yeah. over with me. Actually, that's true. I think their meme game was actually better than anything else they did. Yeah. In WWE, but um, yeah, I remember when they they first brought him up to the main roster. They very briefly tried to give a shit about him. They were like kind of having him use the Great Kali as like a minion, and he yeah. was like the first guy to beat Ryback, I think. But then they just gave up on him, and he beat the jobber. Jobber, so. That's, you know, that's always 3MB. the <laughs> Well, that's always the problem with the, with the, when they bring the people up from NXT. NXT, they have their own fo- following, and uh, they're over there. But then they bring them up, and if they don't connect right away, then it seems like Vince gives up on them. Right. Uh, I'm actually, I feel good about Ty Dillinger. He got a little introduction to him at the Rumble. Everybody was familiar. You hit the tens. And yeah, well, it's been the, getting the, over the ever since. The tens are going to save him. Right, exactly. That's, hey, he's got something. Vince didn't want Daniel Bryan, but yes, Hook, you know, <laughs> got over. And it's just the simple shit like that. So good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because Ty Dillinger, I honestly thought that they were finally going to give him the chance to be a main eventer in NXT. And he never got the opportunity. Uh, it was... Yeah. Always the the curtain jerker. If anything, if he finally made it onto uh, like the pay per views, so um, yeah. So in regards to Jinder Mahal, I think finally they 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 might have seen someone. I mean, that's the other thing too. Is I feel that the the SmackDown writers are different than the Raw writers. The people on Sm- the SmackDown product is better than Raw. That is absolutely uh, true. In, in regards to wrestling, and if you look at Jinder Mahal, say what you want, but like he's got one of the best like bodies. And Vince is a body guy. Oh, dude, and he's I a think tall he has a very too. good look. Because like, even in his facials, right. he's a really good look. Right. It's the simple heel, you know, and he was sitting there playing, uh, you know, the, the not even necessarily the anti-American, but, mm-hmm. you know, saying they does shit better. And then on Talking Smack, he basically said when he wins the title, it's going to be like, he's going to be the, uh, the real-life American dream. And I was just like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, technically, that's what so many people that, 
come here say. So, I mean, he's doing everything right. And I feel that honestly, SmackDown, like when they do these shakeups, it gives people new uh, life. Mm-hmm. But I mean, talk about new life for somebody who's, you know, never been taken seriously since right. he's been up here for three or four years. And now he's going to get pushed two weeks into being on, on the new brand with, with the title shot against Orton. And Orton's another one that can have a match with a, with a broom. So I think that him and Orton, especially because <laughs> well, they're, they're, let's they're clarify. Pretty... He can have a match with a broom when he gives a shit. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. <laughs> but that's the thing too, is I, I can honestly see that, that Orton would look at this as an opportunity because it's new, it's fresh. It's, and it's a, a mm-hmm. chance for him to make something fresh out of somebody. It's of, you know, something that people don't see. Obviously, they saw something in before. At one point in time, people in this company had saw something positive in Jinder Mahal. Uh, and I feel that now maybe it even has to do with something with Triple H. I mean, he, I don't think he had anything. He did not have anything to do with NXT really back then. But people were there, and it's still... I feel that now you have the right people talking, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shed some new light on them. And hopefully they, you know, they do something well. Because they're hurting for heels, I feel, on, on both shows. That's one thing yeah. I will say. They definitely are. The The only thing I'm worried about is two things. Um, well, I guess, no, it's really one thing. It's the type of character that he's building right now, the foreign heel. Right now in WWE, they have the pattern that you've seen. Like, that type of character does not last very long. Look at Rusev. They poured all the shit into the world in that guy, and he was, you know, hitting it out of the park. And then he had that feud with Cena, and then it was gone. And he's been, like, dead ever since then. So I'm just worried that it's like, you know, yeah, maybe they'll build Jinder up and then they might just completely kill him. But I guess maybe I'm getting you know, too worried too much in advance. My other thing I wanted to bring up in relation to Jinder Mahal that I hope that they do, since they gave him the Bollywood boys, it looks like, as minions. Yeah. I would really like for them to capitalize on him calling himself the Maharaja, which is like, it means great king. So like if he really uses them in like very... Uh, like, in a heelish way, like, not in the way that, like, Dalton Castle uses the boys in a very, like, fun, flamboyant way. Like, I want him to, like, abuse the shit out of the Bollywood boys, like, step on them, like, make them make steps up to the ring for him. But, like, really just, like, be a dick about it. Like, just really make them look like shit. So then it just garners more sympathy for them and therefore hatred towards Jinder Mahal. Like, well, I'll play devil's advocate. Okay. How would you feel if you were the Bollywood boys? <laughs> you know... They, they've they've had, you know, some, they came with, mm-hmm. did the whole Cruiserweight Classic and all this stuff. It's like, hey, we're going to bring you up to the main roster, and you're just going to be this guy who, in everybody else's eyes, has been a jobber for all these years, and you're <laughs> pretty much going to be his fucking little bitches. Yeah, but, I mean, at this point, being on TV is better than not being on TV, right? Well, well, right, right, then, right then again, I mean... They're going to make more money being on the main roster than on NXT roster. So, I mean, if that's the game you're trying to play, then good job. I mean, that's part of it. And, you know, I'm just thinking also, like, being up on SmackDown, you know, maybe they'll at least get to have a few tag team matches. And, you know, if they play their cards right, if things go well, maybe they'd be able to have, like, an angle down the road maybe where they break off from Jinder. Like, maybe they don't want to be under him anymore, something like that. Yeah, you could always go that route. You know, and if not, then, hey, if, like, if Jinder takes off and he does well, then, you know, being part of a heel stable is good. It's a solid paycheck, I would assume, as long as you can keep it going. Yeah, so, no. Why not? Totally agree. 
And uh, the one thing that's weird, though, is do you think they eventually go back to Rusev and Mahal, being that they both they put them both on this show? They might. If, if they try to revamp Rusev as a face, maybe. I don't know. but Yeah, I don't know what they're doing because they're, they're clearly taking Lana away from him for, you know, mm-hmm. two weeks until they, you know, <laughs> put her in the ring and once again realize that she can't work. Yeah, but the, how long has it been since she had that match? Like a year? Maybe she's it was WrestleMania. A bit. It was WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania she worked at WrestleMania last year, right? Yeah, the one yeah. that was in Dallas, and it was all because they, I guess they were cutting shit for uh, Total Divas. That was that was the one where they had Team Total <laughs> Divas right. versus like oh, God, the regular terrible. Divas. Yeah, it was it was rough. So yeah, we'll we'll see that when we get to it. Let's not you know jump any <laughs> guns here. But I mean, I don't think... get me wrong; she's hot as hell, but I sure. don't necessarily need to see her. Like, there's you just because you are in there and and you're a chick doesn't mean that you have to be a, a wrestler too. You can be a manager. It believe it or not, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. They always seem to, you know. Apparently, Vince doesn't like managers anymore. But like when you like yeah. managers are one thing that are still so effective when it's done right. Like look at Heyman. Yeah, Even was, though he's not a manager, he's an advocate. Mm-hmm. His word, he's a fucking manager. Yeah. But he's put his own twist on his his title. But managers, if when when done properly, have always been uh, a giant help to to anybody, any act. Yeah, I just I don't understand what Vince's reluctance is to try and give his acts what they need to succeed. Like he has this mentality that it's like well, you need to be able to do everything by yourself. And it's like, there's only a few guys that are going to be able to do that. Most other people are either going to need a manager or a valet or a tag team it's partner. Fun. It's funny. You go back and you you look. You pull up a WrestleMania from the late 80s or early 90s. Every single heel, for the most part, has a manager. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think at this point, but they all had managers of some capacity. And now there's one. But, like, look at how effective it used to be back then. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you need, uh, you know, Bobby Heenan or people like that that were clearly, you know, with the time and they were tremendous. But there are plenty of people. And a lot of people feel that Enzo eventually is going to get hurt too bad because he just takes all these ragdoll throws and shit like that and spots that he shouldn't be taking. And he'll end yeah. up having to retire, and he'll be a great manager for Cass or someone like that. Yeah, I, absolutely. He has a huge future in the company. You know, whether it's like kind of a premature, like bad injury retirement, or if it's just you know he kind of slows down and eventually retires, then he's either definitely going to still be doing managing or commentary, something. Like that guy, his mouth is worth way too much. You know. Yeah, and they're not going to let him go to like TNA or anything silly like that. Yeah, dude, they better not. He's gold. They need a guy like that. Although, <laughs> all right, so something else I saw from this fucking week. If, uh, actually, you know, I have one last point on Jinder Mahal before I yeah, transition sure. to something else. So uh, to illustrate a little bit more of uh, to clarify, I guess, my point on uh, my concern for him with the foreign heel gimmick is because the foreign heel gimmick is so one-sided that, like, once you get sufficiently just, like, buried and beaten into the ground by somebody like an Orton or a Cena, then it's like... What else do you have left with that character? You know, so I just, I hope that they try to build a couple more aspects to his character instead of him just being 
a foreign heel. So I think bringing in kind of like the wealth and prestige aspect is good because at least that's another layer to it. And I hope that they just kind of continue to expand his character. Yeah. I mean, you even, you you bring up a good point. I feel, especially because in this day and age when you don't have really much time to tell stories, even look at like the people like Del Rio and he had um, Ricardo Rodriguez, you know, he was still technically, he was the Mexican aristocrat, but he was still an anti-American. Essentially. He wasn't American. He was, you know, he, he, he wasn't American. And that was his thing too. He had the Mexican flag and did everything that he did. But the second, you know, you build him up, you made him champion. But the second, you know, you, he lost to somebody like Cena or something like that along that line, like you just said, then it's kind of, they're, they're, they're done. And right. that's kind of, you're right. If that happens with Mahal, I, I don't see them putting the belt on Jinder Mahal, but I also right th- at this point, don't see anything, any reason for Randy Orton to have the belt. Like he's yeah. at this point, he needs to do Cena's shit and start just coming back for a couple big shows a year. He doesn't need to be in in the main event picture, in my opinion. Not saying yeah. he's not a good hand to have, but right now he's the champion, and it's doing nothing for me, and it's doing nothing for anybody else. Knowing that he's going to have this match with Bray Wyatt, and <laughs> that he's going to win, yeah, because they're not going to swap the belts. Well, did you and then hear you got... that this this match might not be for the title anymore? Wow. No, that has to be because technically, <laughs> technically, he has a contractual I, rematch. But I did I know, not but, hear it. But yeah, the rumor, or at least a rumor I've been seeing, is that it might not be for the title anymore. Wow, which is just even dumber in every aspect. Because I would, the only reason I would assume you would do that is because then the plan is for Bray Wyatt to win, which is ridiculous. Because then why would he beat Randy Orton and not take the title and then go to the other show? And start feuding with Finn Balor. Yeah, and <laughs> nobody has seen Brock since Mania. Well, I think th- they think they were there at the Raw after Mania. The night, yeah, the night after. But you never got an idea. All they basically did was they planted the seeds that they're going to go with him and Norton, not with him and Norton, him and Reigns. Yeah. But if they're saying that he's doing thirty appearances or he's up in his appearances, whatever the fuck he's doing. And we haven't seen, I mean, I guess it makes sense because those pay-per-views right after Mania are always kind of the cool-downs. Mm-hmm. Usually Extreme Rules traditionally used to be good, but now that we have the splits, yeah. Right. Well, I, I think the other person they're going to kind of Lesnar go after is uh, probably Strowman. But we'll that, and, and that makes sense, but the thing is, is they're so hell-bent on Strowman being a heel. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. He's getting so many baby face pops now. Well, he's getting the baby face pops because they're putting him with the fucking people that everybody wants to boo. So, of course, if he destroys Roman Reigns, he's going to get a baby face reaction. The, I mean, we're, we're to, I mean, yeah. I don't know when you're ready to talk about the, the main event of Raw Monday night, but like I saw Fuck what it, they were doing. Okay. So, real quick, I mean, to, to talk about Raw, they, they did it great where the you know Strowman came out. And got in Angle's face. And, uh, you know, he did the same shit that he did with Foley. He wanted competition or else. So then mm-hmm. it was what's or else. 
So we just started taking people out. He took out R Truth and and uh, Gold Dust backstage, and Kalisto uh, in a trash can. Kalisto in a trash. He he drug him all around. That was tremendous. I love that. And then that. he threw him yeah, in just there. like his carcass. And I like how they did it too. So he's just walking after the Kalisto thing, and he just gets plowed out of the fucking nowhere from the Big Show. And you didn't see it coming. And it was it was good. It was kind of cheesy. When Big Show looked at him and just yells, why don't you pick on someone your own size? But it was effective. Yeah. You got what they were doing with it. It's so simple. Two big guys, they set up the match for it. And for as much as people want to talk shit on uh, Big Show, I feel, Big Show did a tremendous job in this match. And then you take, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you, you take Braun Strowman, who a year ago, one year ago, was horrible. He might have known how to throw like a half-assed working punch <laughs> he is a he's he knows his spot mm-hmm. he understands the big man what he can and can't do but he fucking still does the chain wrestling shit which is crazy he's doing the kip-ups and he it's just a fucking kip-up my god well, uh, but the funny thing was is apparently uh, he was on someone's podcast back in like the fall and oh that's what it was it was jericho's with uh with the club and they were all drinking in some far, uh, third world country on one of the tours. <laughs> and he basically said that he said that he could do a kip up and all the boys in the back started doing wagers as to whether he could do it or not. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he said Cena put up like a grand. Wow. Because so like they all didn't think he could, that he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And he like I think he said that like he like fucked it up that night, but like he could do it and he's done it since. But this isn't the first time he's done it on TV. I've seen him do it a couple times, but I remember hearing about that first. So I'm just like, dude can do it. And him and him and show had a great match. They kept building. And the, the first time they went up for the superplex was like, uh, they're not going to actually do this. Are they? And, um, then they got off of it and then they eventually about, do a couple other spots and they get back up there again. And I'm like, really? They're They're going to just keep teasing this. So they're going to eventually have to do right. it, but it's just a matter of when. So I'm sitting there and then my DVR ran off. So uh, I didn't see the ending <laughs> of it. So you want to tell me what happened in the end of it, Newman? Uh, yeah. So uh, as you've so accurately predicted, uh, they do hit the superplex breaks the ring and uh, the ref takes a really nasty bump on the fucking head. Um, but yeah, then afterwards Strowman stands up, uh, raises his arms, yells, plays his music, and walks off. And that Big is Show the, is dead. Like, he's just dead. That is the one thing that nobody has ever done with that. Because they've done mm-hmm. that spot with, uh, they did it with Lesnar and Big Show back in on SmackDown in around 2003, 2004. Maybe even earlier than that. And the ring just collapsed, and then they just went off the air. They both were dead. Mm-hmm. Then they did it again with Mark Henry and Big Show. Yep. At a pay-per-view, I feel. And same thing. They were both just, like, laying there. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that Braun got up from this, that was ultimately the whole point of it. It was show doing the favor for him because, you know, he got mostly he, – he, he, he survived it. So that makes him look, you know, superhuman, which is, you know, good for his character being a, a monster. Yeah, it was, it was the perfect – ending to that match and honestly if if they don't want to do anything else with big show i think that would be a perfect retirement like that's the end 
because I don't know what else you do at that point. Because Strowman's clearly the guy that you would retire him to. And this whole match was like, it was actually a really good match. And I thought the story was constantly a, everything you can do, I can do better. The one thing that was weird, though, is that the next day, Strowman like, posted a picture on Instagram like thanking Big Show for putting him over. Like really fucking weird and out of character. It was like, dude, I hate seriously? When they do that shit. Yeah, it's kind of like it kind of takes me out of it, and like, I I kind of see like you want to be appreciative and respectful, but it's still just like, come on, man! Like you're too new at this game. Just kind of kind of kayfabe me a little bit, please. Yeah, like just talk like, to him backstage. Gotta... Give him a call. Don't do it on Twitter. It's like I understand. I'm supposed to believe that you're some fucking monster. But you have a Superman tattoo on your arm. I can get past that, but <laughs> I really don't need the uh, the Instagram posts. Like, come on, what right. are we six? Well, my question is, why the fuck would Braun Strowman have an Instagram? Like, why would his character have an Instagram? Well, I mean, his character doesn't have an Instagram. The the man himself, whoever portrays him, has one. I mean, oh, he used so this, to be is, this a... is his personal Instagram. This wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got oh, a personal because okay. he used to be a he was he was like a legit strong man. So, like, if you actually oh, look okay. at well, his, his Instagram, he's, he's got some old stuff. But, yeah, I mean, still. Because, like, with the, with those Twitter ones, they're supposed to be kind of, like, in character and shit. So, I didn't know if that uh, extended to whatever this Instagram shit was. No, yeah, it's his actual personal one. It doesn't. I'm pretty sure it's not even, like, Braun Strowman or whatever the fuck it is. But the only reason I've seen it before is because I think he went to, like, he, he did something with Jericho, I think. Because Jericho, Jericho doesn't give a shit. Jericho... <laughs> Jericho posts pictures all the time of himself smoking cigarettes and smoking cigars and drinking Grey Goose and shit like that. He just doesn't give a fuck because nobody's going to do anything to him. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's a fucking going to be Hall of Famer. He's you the know? GOAT. He's, he's the GOAT. <laughs> but you know what? All right. Um, Strowman, do you think he's going to win the title with it before WrestleMania this year? Well, that would require him beating Brock. Well, and or, or Reigns could beat Brock and then he could beat Reigns. I don't see either of those things happening. I see I see them trying to go Reigns taking it from Brock. Or I can see them doing it, but I don't see it happening soon. Um I think the mm-hmm. Brock is going to go away for a little while. He'll come back mid-summer. He'll probably do a spot of uh one of the probably like the July pay-per-view, maybe even June. And then he'll do SummerSlam. And, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, he'll probably work every other pay-per-view, build stuff up, give it some time to, to ferment itself. I don't see Roman getting the Ooh, belt yet. I think that Roman... Who is, who is he fighting in all these matches that you're thinking of? Because like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, how many fucking people does he even have as viable opponents? Because on that Raw roster, I'd say it's pretty much limited to Reigns and Strowman. Well, Maybe Samoa okay. Joe. But he's a well, heel, okay. so. Well, that's the thing is, jo- Lesnar, in their mind, in their booking mind, Lesnar is whatever they, you know, he wants to be, because he's not really anything. He's essentially anti-establishment. Well, he's. I'm not even talking about from a heel face perspective. I'm just talking about right. from like a who else has well, been built up to face him. Okay, well, who's been built up to face him right now? Fucking no one. But I mean, you have to honestly. You you still you know they're going to go back to Finn Balor because Finn Balor never lost the Universal Title. 
They're going to have to do that match. It doesn't matter the size difference. They'll, they'll, they'll make it believable uh, enough, I no, guess. They until... won't. There's, there's no way in WWE they well, would not allow... They'll make the story, story real enough. Not saying the match will be real. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> well, no, obviously not. But like, I, just, I don't think the WWE would ever even allow themselves to tell the story of somebody of Finn Balor's size being competitive against somebody of Brock Lesnar's size. I just don't think they would ever do it. Yeah. I think I think they have to take the title. They have to, have to either put the title onto Reigns or Strowman from Brock, and then you can put it onto whoever the fuck else. Yeah. I, right now, you're right. Heel-wise on Raw, I mean, you could eventually build Rollins up too, but Rollins is kind of a, a stalemate. I, I see mm-hmm. it getting, to be honest with you, fuck Roman Reigns. <laughs> fuck Strowman. <laughs> I think Samoa Joe uh, Lesnar should be your main event of SummerSlam, because why the fuck not? Dude, I would People, love to see Samoa Joe fuck. That up. match would that match is more believable than any of them, because look at it this way: we've already seen Reigns and Lesnar. Nobody fucking likes Reigns anyway. Yeah. And all they're gonna do is, you know, Roman will get the shit beat out of him the whole time, and then he'll magically make a comeback, and then somehow they'll have to make that convincing that he beats Lesnar. No, fuck that. Strowman. It's going to be weird because you know he's going to get Germaned everywhere, but eventually where does it come time for him to get offense? And I don't see that that actually going well. I could see them maybe trying to do that match. I don't see Lesnar losing to him, but then that's the thing too is if, if they build up all this time and he runs through people and finally gets to the belt and then he doesn't get the belt, mm-hmm. then he's, he's he's pretty much dead in the water. If he at least gets the belt, and holds it for a month or two and at least has it, and then maybe they take it off into some kind of fluke and then spin him off into something else, he's not dead. Right. That's that's the important part in the in the booking of it. Uh but Samoa Joe, come on. Just a big fucking bad Samoan dude who will equally go toe to toe with Brock. They'll fucking potato the shit out of each other. It'll be fucking tremendous. I'd fucking love to see it, but I just don't think that that's where WWE would go. Like it, Samoa Joe would have to like completely explode off the charts with popularity, like tomorrow. Like, I mean, talking like he would have to get Daniel Bryan level, un unstoppable chance for them to well, be I like, mean, you know what, fuck it, we'll we'll switch all of our plans. Uh, we'll, we'll put Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar together. I mean, technically, Joe is is a you know a heel, and Lesnar technically. For a face. They could easily do that story. It's not a big fucking deal. I feel that they kind of even owe it to Joe. Because, uh, you know, they didn't do shit. They brought him up at, like, the weirdest fucking time. They brought him up to do the run-in on Rollins. And then you thought that, I mean, obviously I'm assuming that they were going to have him just do the J-O-B to Rollins at, uh... was that fast lane that was right before uh, or whatever? No, it wasn't fast lane. It was wrote. No, it was fast lane. Yeah, I think it was whatever fast the lane. fuck was the one. Yeah, he was going to do the job for Rollins there going into Mania, but they they brought him up, and he's kind of just been, you know, doing these. He's having great matches, and they're putting him with. They're what they're the funny thing is they're putting him with people that like can work, and mm-hmm. he can work too. Yeah, I so thought he I, had a fantastic match with Jericho this week. Him and Jericho Monday night opened the show, and you know damn well that that was something that Jericho specifically requested because he's yeah. got that pull. It's kind of like he's 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 done. 
after this pay-per-view, which is in, what, two weeks? Uh, yeah, this... I think so. Right. So he was probably just like, just give me Joe. There's nothing really going on with him right now. Because there isn't. Joe doesn't have a storyline, really. Well, no, Joe's, uh, he's feuding with uh, Seth Rollins right now. Because he, so yeah, like, I mean... he came out and he said that it's personal now between him and Rollins. Because uh, he, I guess he likes his client, Triple H. And because he beat up Triple H and Stephanie, he's like, I'm going to fuck you up now. Yeah, it's kind of it, – that's it's a touchy situation. But that's what I mean. You could put that – you, you bring Jericho in into that, and Jericho easily was just like, you know, you could – he can do that one-off match and put, you know, Joe over, which he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Well, I think yeah, Joe's going over Rollins on Sunday, too. I think he's going to take out Rollins. Yeah, that would make sense because Rollins – like, the whole point – which I like better because the whole point was to build up to WrestleMania for Rollins to win. If at this point I look at it this way, if Rollins beats Joe, mm-hmm. then, well, then where does he go? It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I was going to say, then that means that I guess you're putting him with Lesnar. Yeah. Cause that, he would have to go for the title. That's the only other step you can go. But if you have him lose to Joe, then, you know, mm-hmm. then you're, you at least it kind of gives you options going forward. Especially if, you know what, this might be a really smart option if, um, because I know that they were really trying hard to get him back in time for WrestleMania, and they did, but if he's having any issues with his fucking knee, and even if he's not, maybe it would just be good for him to take a little bit of time off just to fucking make sure, run the angle of Samoa Joe fucking injures him again, just to have him a little bit of time off so he can heal, come back, beat Joe's ass when he comes back, just to give him a little bit of breathing time and just make sure that knee is going to rehab. Because you want Rollins to be around for a while. And, like, if you push it, and he's already had that fucking knee problem, you know, it could get worse. I mean, I'm I'm probably the outlier in this, but I'm I'm still convinced that, uh, that that knee injury was a work this time. Well, yeah, the first time, but, like, or, I mean, the second time, yeah. Obviously not the work the first time, shit. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this, this most recent time, I, I feel that it was definitely a work. Well, in in the you know the idea of whether he get to WrestleMania, yeah, that was a work. But the initial scare because they were, he had like a tweak, didn't he? I you never really fucking saw. They're like, oh yeah, it was when he went down with the with the uh, Kikina clutch the first time, and I was I'm watching it, and I'm just like, oh no, it wasn't I, from that it, moment. It, I think the the story was he actually got hurt on a house show that weekend. Oh, see, I I didn't hear about that. Yeah. That I did not hear about. Okay. Yeah, it was like he had gotten ha- hurt on a house show like the day before or two days before, and then they ran that angle to yeah. you know, help justify it, why he would be off TV for the next couple weeks. Gotcha. But what I will say was horrible about that Samojo chris Jericho segment was uh, when Seth Rollins got on top of the announce table and goes, you know what the old saying is, payback's a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like the fuck dude like you're a dude yeah like I, I you know when you got nikki bell and maurice calling each other bitches and shit like that on smackdown i'm okay with it when you got a full grown man who you're trying to push and he just beat triple h at wrestlemania and you're standing on an announce desk telling him that payback's a bitch you sound like a bitch i thought that it was Friggin' it sounded extremely scripted and not yeah. original at all, which is honestly the biggest thing that I pick apart. I pick apart how non-authentic uh, some of these promos come across. 
But then there are other people in the company whose promos sound phenomenal and heartfelt and like they really believe the shit that they're saying. Yeah. And like even what Jinder Mahal said the other mm-hmm. night when he cut that promo after that. That was phenomenal. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. The only problem was that he kind of missed the camera a little bit with his eyes. He was a little bit off. But other than that, I thought he what was What are you trying great. to say? That he was looking the wrong spot. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. He was like looking like 10 degrees off to the left. <laughs> maybe so, they weren't catching him on his good side. Maybe. maybe. Or maybe he thinks that's his good side. So he's like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to give you my good side instead of looking right at you. <laughs> Rook, uh, are, are we... Are we... Past past that uh that discussion because well I was, uh, I just, I was like, actually gonna transition to another topic now of uh, yeah sure that yeah just you were talking about like people feeling their scripts and shit and you know how some people come off naturally some people fucking don't and yeah. one of the people that I think has been coming off as way more natural is uh T J Perkins in this heel turn because uh, he even gave a promo this week on two hundred five live I think it was either two hundred five live or raw either way but like he is like. Two, twice the performer right now as the heel like and it's it's happened overnight it's not quite yeah. the same level for me as like when alexa bliss turned heel and then it just everything clicked but it's mm. clicking a lot better it was what he needed because mm-hmm. honestly he was the cruiserweight champion and from the the first angle that they worked with him and kendrick it just was not working and you could just tell and he kind of he has the the gimmick with the video and everything to be a baby face. But let's be real. It's just, it's not, not working for him. So, right. Well, part of the problem is they were, past... they were asking people to invest too much in him too quick. Like they just kind of came out. It's like, Hey, he's the cruiserweight champion. And like half the people hadn't seen the championship and the title and the and him... tournament. So it was like, what the fuck? I don't know who these people are. And him and Aries had a half decent match on, uh, on two five live this week. Yeah. I thought they had a pretty good match to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of weird with Neville coming out in the end just so that Perkins could then come back in. That, I didn't feel that that was necessary, but whatever, that's I, just me being nitpicky. I don't know. I liked it from the perspective that I think it, it helps build their alliance and that Neville is investing in Perkins because he knows that he can keep using him. So it's like, well, I need to help him out from time to time. Fair enough. And because, you know, it helps him get the numbers game on Aries and he could just fuck him up some more. So Yeah. Now, another thing that, I mean, has nothing to do with that, but I found it super interesting this week. Finn Balor's got a concussion. So everybody's like, oh, we're not going to see him on TV for this week. And there he was. Yeah. Comes out and beats up Kurt Hawkins, right? Yeah, but I mean, for somebody that's got a concussion, he was still taking bumps that required him to, you know, put his body from an upright position onto a mat. Mm -hmm. So if... You know, you cause a little brain bleed. You're still, you know, doing some more movement than you'd think that they would want you doing. So I don't know if it was maybe he didn't have a concussion, really. They just, there was a possibility of it. Or if maybe, because you know they are with the fucking concussion. Oh, yeah. Like, but, they so wouldn't fuck either, around with it. So either he's yeah. clear or they made the decision of, okay, we'll put you with Kurt Hawkins. You'll go out. You won't take any bumps from him. Mm-hmm. You'll just go out there, do three moves, hit your finisher, and and go home. And we keep you on TV. Mm-hmm. That's honestly what I'm thinking is is the deal. I, I I don't know. I think because he was out for so long and they just brought him back, they're kind of just like fuck. We can't like 
keep taking him away because eventually it's just going to burn out and it's welcome with, with the crowd. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking the fact that they sent him out there, like, it, it really couldn't have been that bad because they, they are so paranoid about making sure that, that shit doesn't happen. And honestly, like, because it was just a fucking squash match, like, if they still needed to get exposure, he could have just come out and done a promo. He could have, They could have vid- done a video package. Like, they didn't need to do a match. But they did, so right. I'm thinking that he was probably fine. Like, maybe either he didn't even have a concussion or, yeah, I'm thinking he probably didn't even have one. Maybe it just, like, took a really bad hit, and it looked kind of like a concussion, but they looked at it, and it was like, nope, okay. <laughs> have your match. <laughs> Pretty much. At least that's, that's, I feel like that's what I have to assume at this point, with the way that they've been with concussions. But then again, I might be wrong. Right. Um, you know, who knows what they're thinking. But based on, um, there's the promo that they had with the Miz and Ambrose, which I think may tell us a little bit what they're thinking about Ambrose. Because a couple of Miz's comments were like really, really cutting and very pointed and very reminiscent of the shit that Stone Cold was saying to him like a year ago. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, that podcast, podcast that was horrible. Had. That was super I mean, bad. Look at look at Miz. He's been even with Cena, he's the one that goes out there and says not necessarily what the crowd's thinking, but mm-hmm. what the people in the back are thinking. Yeah, like the, the way like part of his promo just felt like a straight out shoot. He was talking about how like yeah you got that title and then you wasted all that momentum, and six months later you're a blip on the card or WrestleMania, and that you're lazy and complacent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I mean. It felt like Vince talking, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, dude, look at it this way. Ambrose and Renee announced that they got married on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then Monday night, he's on Raw. Where, you know, she's on one one tour schedule and he's on a different tour schedule. So you look at it this way. They're probably, you know, he'll be home for one day, maybe two days. Mm -hmm. Right back on the road for the next five. So I don't know if that was kind of like they were pissed off about that or what, but it just worked out timing too awkwardly that they just did that. And then next thing you know, they shook it up, but they made sure to move Maurice and Miz together. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think that that's what's behind it. I honestly do think that they put Ambrose on raw because I think they're probably planning on doing a shield reunion at some point in this year. And they want all shield guys on raw. Well, that, see, that's the shitty thing is they can go back to the shield at any point now, especially mm-hmm. because of the fact that they they have all the guys on the same show. But I also feel that they would go to the shield reunion to once again have Reigns get the rub off of it, which is fucking stupid. Maybe I don't like I I would really hope that they don't actually. Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, now that I think about it, because the Shield was fucking awesome, man. Maybe it would be cool to see them actually come back together for an extended period of time as the Shield. I mean, look at this um, Dean was, was his character was, was hot when mm. he was the leader of the Shield. When he was that heel and he was the U.S. champion for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the, the peak of Dean Ambrose. I don't care if he was WWE champion at one point in time or not. That was I, when I, don't know. I think he, I think his peak was his feud with Rollins for the title where he didn't win it. Like that was the peak. They honestly, I think they 
maybe should have pulled the trigger on him, but because like right after they split the shield up, I thought that was white hot. Yeah, I mean, the problem in 2017 with with having enough over people is that you don't have the you have too much time, and t- nobody's going to tune into three hours of Monday Night Raw to watch. You know James Ellsworth versus Seth Rollins because you don't want to do Seth Rollins versus somebody else that matters, you know because God forbid if you did that it would kill both of them. Right. That's how they used to get people over. Is you'd put them just with the fucking jobbers and then eventually you'd build to a pay per view. Worst case, oh he lost to the champion, but he's not dead because if you remember the last four fucking weeks on TV he destroyed all these other people that you know, you know might have been jobbers, but, you know, you were led to believe that, you know, they were at least valuable, you know, valid, you know, contenders. But now it's, okay, everybody's kind of on the same level, and this person is going to go for the belt. All right, so when he doesn't win, uh, I guess it's right back, and we're just going to go, you know, you get to the back of the line, and we'll just... It it, it really makes it difficult these days to, to get people over. Which is why when you fucking have to when you, when you have Rollins not Rollins when you have Reigns that everybody's pushing, and it's not working. It's like um hmm. Well, when was he over? Well, it was the Shield. Yeah. Uh, how about Ambrose? Yeah, it was when they were in the Shield. Hmm. Well, I guess maybe we could just go back to that again. Pathetic. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I do still think I still do hold that. I think Ambrose's hottest moment because he was hot as fuck in the Shield, but I do think he was hottest right afterwards too with that feud with Rollins. But um, Reigns needs the Shield unless they're going to turn him heel. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Ambrose needs a new coat of paint for sure. I, yeah, Ambrose. I think I would love to see because I think they could get a lot out of him as a heel again. So at some point they could go do that for a while. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting you were bringing up just kind of like the. I don't know, like the strangeness even sometimes of like the hierarchy because it's so um, up in the air. Like if, if nothing else illustrates that better right now, on SmackDown, the number one contender for the United States title, the mid-card title, is AJ Styles, the top face on that show. And then you have the WWE title, and the number one contender for that is Jinder Mahal. <laughs> like, what a weird world SmackDown is right now. It's a weird world, but the thing is, is they're still putting out like great quality product. Like I'm not going to not watch SmackDown because Jinder Mahal is in the main event. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to still watch. I'm exactly. To see him in the main event. And you can get away with um, AJ because it's going to be him and Kevin Owens. And it helps it, elevate the U.S. title, I think. Exactly. And shit, you know what else could help elevate that title? If Kevin Owens really goes off with this uh, Face of America gimmick. I completely agree with you. Because I've got an idea for it. So, That's obviously, right. they, you know, we, they, they want this to be a heel gimmick. Right now, they're just kind of doing this whole, like, oh, I'm the face of America, but I'm Canadian. Boo! Which is, I don't know, I think really one note and lazy. What I think it, they should do is, you know, because he's whole, like, I'm the face of America, and he has his face plastered up as part of his Tron now. He I, needs was, to just, oh, my gosh. The, the floating <laughs> head. And he just walks on it, and I was just like, I yep. wonder... I, to myself, I kind of put myself into into him, and I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if he actually know. But before he walked out, there would be a giant fucking picture of his face that he was going to be walking on, 
And if he didn't, like how awkward that would be. Yeah, so I, so I think to, to further distort the space, what he needs to do is just start like becoming like a sloppy, nasty, like lazy, disgusting fuck. Like he needs to come out like eating cheeseburgers, like wipe the grease on the title, like Cheeto fingers, like just doing every, every fucking like American stereotype of being like, like rude, loud, fat. Like, just all this disgusting shit. Just to be like, I'm the face of America. <laughs> and, like, just show all the hypocrisy back to Americans and just be disgusting as shit. Like, just disrespect the title. Step on it. Like, smear shit on it. Like, <laughs> I think that would get some nuclear heat. You know what? You brought up a great point. That was the fucking belt that he stepped on when he made his debut, and now he's mm-hmm. fucking parading around with it. Yep, he stepped on it when Cena's. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. He made his debut, put Cena out with the pop-up, and then just stomped on it. Mm-hmm. And now he's got it, and he's the face of America. Which, I was saying this to you off the air, is I was listening to uh, you know Bruce Pritchard. He was talking about Owen Hart the other week on his show, and I thought about how 1997 you had the Hart Foundation which are all Canadians for the most part but they were all related they were just how you know it was Canada versus US and it wasn't supposed to be that way but it naturally went that way and when they were in Canada they were the biggest baby faces Mm -hmm. when they were in America they were the biggest heels and I was like that would still work today I feel that US and Canada is an easier story to tell than how you have Rusev and Bulgaria and stuff like that. I was like, it could still work. And then two weeks later you have, you know, Owens talking about, you know, him being the face of America and how Canadians are superior and stuff like that. And I love how they have him doing the lines in French randomly too, because he can speak two languages. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really good. And I feel that on SmackDown, everybody has more liberties and they kind of can push the bar a little bit more, too. So I feel that you're going to get some great work. Uh, we're only in week two of this. You're going to get some great stuff out of Kevin Owens in the months going forward. Oh, shit. You know what You know what else he should do? He should start coming out, like, wearing the jerseys of the teams, like, from the towns that are nearby, and then just, like, yeah, ruining them, ripping them off, or destroying them in some way. <laughs> He's too cheap for that. Mm, I mean, if they bought, if they point. if they bought, if they bought the props <laughs> for him, then point. maybe. Yeah. I, honestly, when he showed up that first show wearing the suit mm-hmm. and having the uh, the the beard that was all trimmed down, which is the first time you've seen that. Like Monday night, he had the beard that he's had the entire time, mm-hmm. but it was you know obviously he still had a beard, but you know he probably put like a like a one or two on the the shaver and took oh, yeah, that down. Like one that was that was stubble. Exactly, but the thing was it was it was a new look. It was something mm-hmm. different. And I feel like they could definitely do something like that. The the suit in wrestling always just screams heel. And, I mean, it's been done before. But if it's done right and you put your own twist on it, which clearly he's he's doing something. So he's hopefully, okay. I, I think Bobby Roode's the one that's rocking the suit gimmick right now, though. That's a good point. I honestly kind of took myself out of the fact that the NXT world is still WWE. But it does fit Bobby Roode more. And they're both Canadian. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe he could have an old Jericho come back too, and he could be in the suit. 
just for one night, all three of them could be together. I don't know. Maybe not. Jericho's, Jericho specifically likes not doing the same things. It's, you know, I think he just does it to be an asshole. He always has to have something new. So if he ever comes back well, again... That's how he invents he... everything. He always has to keep doing new shit so he can invent everything. Yep. Well, yeah, because Jericho invented everything. But Exactly. Like the <laughs> When he comes back, he won't have a list anymore. Like that's that's for this run. Mm-hmm. I don't. There there would never be a reason to have the list again for whatever he does with his with his gimmick going forward. Yeah. He'll he'll probably like reference it again at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah, it'll, it probably won't be part of the main gimmick anymore. Cause he's he's even already not doing it as much. He still yeah, he does now, it but, like once a night maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, before it was he was doing it and he was a heel, and then it got over. So then. His way of getting heat would be to act like he was going to do it and then not give the fans that he was going to put him on the list. Mm-hmm. So now that he's working baby, he's been do- getting you know getting it in, mm-hmm. just making sure he gets at least one person. The I I do enjoy the fact because they were they would nag on Tom Phillips for months, and now that he's baby face, <laughs> he keeps saying that the other guy's Tom Phillips and it's not Tom Phillips. Yeah, my God, what a what a great little piece of continuity. That he still has that thing going on with Tom Phillips, and it's not Tom Phillips. Yeah, I mean, it started with this guy the night that he won the U.S. title. They had, like, a whole celebratory video on, like, WWE.com, whatever. And the guy was interviewing him. After about two minutes, he started calling him Tom, and he's like, I'm, I'm not Tom. And they're like, no, you're, you're Tom. And then they got really mad at him. It was, it was, it was great. But they've, been, <laughs> they've found a way to make something so stupid last this long. It is it is kind of amazing, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that the, he is going to be leaving now, though, just because you know then that that separation can make the heart grow fonder. Because I think that's yeah. part of why I consistently love Jericho is because he's so in and out. He's in, I love him for a little bit, and then he's gone before I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's just always, point- he's always gone before he gets too old. Yeah, and I mean, if he keeps doing uh, DDP yoga, that's like the fountain of youth, apparently, for the guys who do it, so, I mean. I mean, hell, if DDP yoga is anything like regular yoga, which I would assume it is, then that shit is the fountain of youth. It's ridiculous. Just saying, I don't know, I do yoga in the mornings. It's essential at this point. I love it. Yeah, I I, I, at one point did DDP yoga for about a week or so, and... uh, then I, I guess just... that subs up about how it went. No, it was it was honestly I think it, well, when I was doing it honestly at the time was I had just started redoing my basement, so I actually kind of had shit all over the place. Mm. And ever since then, you know, my basement has more room, but I just I don't have the time. Not to mention, I end up I I, I utilize a gym more, but I'll probably eventually get back into it. Do you have fifteen um, minutes? Well, ironically, you say that because I do work for Geico. <laughs> I don't know. If you have 15 minutes, you have enough time to do enough helpful yoga, I would say. And I have a bad – I do have a bad back. Oh, so, dude, the, sh- I mean, the shit will fix your back if you do it right. I think. I don't know. What, so what, I, so what they say, I mean, Paige had a bad back. AJ Styles – was he was pulled off New Japan shows a month before he was on the Rumble because his back was in such bad shape and he got mm-hmm. into the doing the yoga and he was 
fine. Yep. I was starting to get like this really weird, bad sciatica pain and shit. And I started doing yoga. Boom. Month later, the shit is gone. Wow. And like I I tried going to chiropractor like a couple of times, like for, you know, weeks. And it helped like a little bit. But I started doing yoga and then fucking gone. Chiropractors are the biggest joke ever yeah. <laughs> because you, you go to a okay coming from somebody who works in auto accident medical field you go to a chiropractor give you a little adjustment ah uh, you're feeling all good and loose and then about you know day later nope you got to fix me again doc it's a revolving door yeah. chiropractor and and if if it's one of those things where you you're not in an accident but you're just in some pain and you go. The first time they once they start adjusting you, you got you consistently have to go back. It's kind of a it's not yeah. a good routine to get into. So yeah, if there's ways like like yoga and you can do it and you have the time and it works for you, then more power to you because uh, you know what. And apparently it's it's kind of got to be a little relaxing, I would assume too. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're doing Absolutely. regular yoga, DDP yoga, your heart rate gets up a little bit. You know, you, got, <laughs> you do you make the diamond sign. You hulk it up at the end. That's my biggest issue is I had a drop ceiling in this basement where I'm recording this right now, actually. And I pulled the drop ceiling out and put actual drywall. But it's still, but it's still, even though it added, like I have a higher ceiling now because of that. I still don't have enough if I stretch out to, you know, do the, you know, the diamond sign where you got to do it there. My fingertips would hit the ceiling, but I figured, you know, maybe I'll just like, clench my fist or something like that and make, make it work if I ever got into it again. I was thinking about that the other night, actually. Yeah, you just got to come up with a new pose to do instead of DDP's diamond. Hmm. That's the whole point. Doing freaking DDP yoga. You're not going to do the diamond? No, you can do some stone-cold yoga and just like throw up some middle fingers afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> or some rock yoga and like uh, start fucking with your eyebrows. You got to get the eyebrow action. Oh, God. I can't do that, oh. but my fucking niece, I have a niece. She is less than a year old. She can do the rock eyebrow. It's ridiculous. And the best thing is she doesn't even know she's doing it. She has no idea. I can't wait but to you... tell her. It's like, you're, you've been doing the rock eyebrow since you were a baby. And I couldn't That's wait to tell you. That's why you're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch wrestling. I'm going to groom you. You must become a pro wrestler, and I will be your evil heel manager. <laughs> that's how I'll break into the world of wrestling. I'll just I'll take one of my nieces or nephews and turn them into a wrestler. Nice. This way you don't gotta take any bumps or you still make money. Exactly. <laughs> Smart kid. <laughs> Although uh something I think equally funny. Did you happen to watch Ride Along this week? No. I don't Was watch it on it right lot, after Raw? I believe so. I I didn't watch it live. I just I was fucking bored at some point during this week and I was like, ah fuck it, I'll watch it. Because it had, like, the cruiserweight guys. And uh, so the one car is... I did one the other week yeah. <laughs> where uh, the, the, the club has the uh, the cardboard <laughs> cutouts of Balor and AJ. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that, that was good. That was I good. did not watch this week. This one is the best one I've ever seen. Um, because of the Kendrick and Gallagher car. Because this is just... I don't know how the fuck this happened. I'm assuming that Gallagher doesn't have a license, and this is what happened. And just Kendrick was like, oh, I, whatever, fuck it, I'll drive you, I don't care. So then they're in the car, and Gallagher is, as you'd expect, I would think, just 
nonstop talking, just like a total chatterbox about anything and everything that just fucking comes to his brain, which is just, you know, basically a bunch of British shit, like talking about like tea versus coffee and their popularity in Britain and like the history of it. And like, they keep showing the time lapse of it. And he's just like talking to Kendrick the whole fucking time. And Kendrick is so obviously just like staring at the camera. And he's like, just fucking shoot me. Like, this is the worst. I can't get out of this car. <laughs> like, He's just like scrambling in this little space. He's trying to be so polite of, you know, every once in a while, like, um, you know, Gallagher will say something to him. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, what do you think? Of, you know, Yeah. Do you agree? He's like, yeah, buddy. And then he just starts coming up with all this shit to try and distract him of like, oh, yeah, you know what, Um, I have this dog, and, you know, I have a picture of it, of my dog in the back, why don't you climb in the back and get the picture out? So Gallagher's, like, trying to, like, climb around in the back for a little while, and, you know, they show a little note, it's like, you know, Brian Kendrick doesn't have a dog. And he's just sitting there smiling for a little while while Gallagher just, like, finally shuts the fuck up for a little bit and is, like, trying to do this, but then he is like, oh, wait, you know what, I don't know, that might not be safe, I shouldn't. You know what? You just show me when we get to the hotel, and then like he finds a CD of like William Regal's music from uh, when he was like uh, the real man's man from WCW. Oh my! <laughs> and so like just to keep Gallagher from stopping talking, Kendrick just keeps playing this shit on repeat, and then eventually they get to a rest stop, and he ditches them and throws his bags out of the car. And then the other car fucking picks up Gallagher and takes him the rest of the way. Like, he just... Oh, my gosh. Like, it's it's fucking hilarious to see Kendrick just squirm. And, like, <laughs> there's so many things that Gallagher keeps saying, too, about how it's like, yeah, you know, like, um, isn't it really annoying, like, when you're talking to somebody and they just don't understand that you don't want to talk to them? And, it's like, all this shit that he's just completely oblivious to what's going on. It's... I don't know. I, I was busting up laughing. Maybe I'm the only one who found it funny, but <laughs> see, I enjoy, I, I do enjoy, I have watched a couple of episodes of Ride Along. Yeah. I just, I honestly m- miss them having more shit after Raw. I, I liked Camp WWE and shit like that. So when that used to I come on after, yeah. yeah, I would watch it when it come on after Raw. Now it's like, okay, Raw's over. Well, in my situation this week, the, the DVR ran off and I, I was, by the time I was watching that part, it was probably about eleven twenty. So it wasn't like I was able to like, oh shit, you know, switch over because I was. I watch Raw just on a little bit of delay. I do a radio show Monday nights. It gets done at nine o'clock, so I come home and I'll just start it, and I'll just fast forward through the shit. That is just like okay, all right, this is happening, all right, and then stop it promos because obviously I feel like uh, me watching a match on on Raw. You know, there's certain matches I watch, but for the most part, it's always promos. I will always catch a promo, and and just right. so I can hear what's being said and what's being built up. But we get to uh, after Raw, and I was just like, eh, I put it on the network, and I put on uh, the barely uh, ECW barely legal. Um, they have a whole collection of stuff building up to it, and obviously, I've seen all that stuff. I I lived through ECW and watched it when it was actually an existing thing. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to go back and actually see the clips that were actually cut out for me, as opposed to me having to watch the full episodes building up to it. Right. Yeah, it's a nice little treat, you know. Yeah. Um. The collections actually are are, are half decent if you're actually into that thing. After uh, honestly, the the week after um, WrestleMania, I went back and watched some of the Taker matches that I've seen before. But I was just like, I haven't seen him in Punk since I was actually at that 
WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, shit! You and Joe were at that one, right? When I was at that one. I was at the uh, first Triple H one in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, was I was that, at was that New- 27? 27 was Atlanta. Yeah. 29 was CM Punk. Right. Um, I was also at 30 for Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And then I was last year at the um, in Dallas for Shane. So I mean, I've I've I've, I've seen a, a couple of them, but I I wanted I was more interested that week in watching rewatching that first Triple H one uh, from mm-hmm. from Atlanta because I remember they that was when Michael Cole had the he was the heel announcer and had that that little like fucking box where he was the clear secluded box that was next to the announcer's table. Oh right, because he had the fucking match with Jerry Lawler that year. Right, 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 right. So, like, the match starts, and literally they just fucking went ham on the outside, and they went, like, right through the box within, like, two minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, they, those two, like, went balls to the wall right out of the gate and then slowed up as opposed to starting slow. So that was an interesting match. And then you look back and you you miss CM Punk even more. <laughs> yeah, that guy was fucking one of a kind, dude. One of a kind. And I I don't think that he's wrestled his last pro wrestling match, but I don't actually see him coming back to the WWE to have that match. No, I could see him one. I, I could see him coming back to Ring of Honor. I could see, yeah, I could see him doing Ring of Honor. I mean, the the people in charge aren't the same, and I don't know if him and Colt Cabana are, are actually friends anymore, or if they're back on good terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, which is actually kind of fucking stupid. I'm pretty sure, like, the story was that Colt Cabana went to, like, backstage at, like, a Monday Night Raw to just see people, and Punk just got all pissy because he actually went. Well, This was a while back at this point. Yeah, but I, I guess, I think the reasoning was because this was back when, uh, you know, so the lawsuit that was still yeah. against Punk and WWE yes. was still going on, and it's still going on, right? And uh, yeah. I th- Colt Cabana was involved in that, right? Like, the WWE well, because, was also against Cabana. Because of the podcast. The, right. He, he, he put everything out there that he said that they're doing all this shit on with their doctors, but it was all on Colt's podcast, so Colt's got something to do with it. Right, so... I don't know. I guess maybe from Punk's perspective, could it maybe it was seen as like fraternizing with the enemy or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, but probably, even if it's so, but... it's like they've fucking known each other for so long. If that's what it was, how do you not just call him and be like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> Yo, I don't know. I guess we have no fucking idea about what's going on with that sort of shit. So, yeah, I won't <laughs> speculate anymore because I fucking know nothing. <laughs> yeah, no one knows anything, but. Uh... I mean, we're just going off on a tangent here, but I'm just sitting here, like, thinking about wrestling things, and I'm just like, man, but CM man, Punk is... <laughs> wouldn't it have been great to have had CM Punk these last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, ju- just... Th- exactly. I, CM Punk would have man-evented a WrestleMania by now, which is what he wanted. Because when you look at it, when you look at the grand scheme of things, he is... I don't know, dude. I don't think he would have. Really? Unless, unless they were going to set him up with Reigns, because that's... Who's been in the main event of the last couple of WrestleManias has been Reigns every time. When he left, the Shield was still the Shield. Yeah, but he left at WrestleMania 30, and he wasn't going to be in the rest main event of that one. He was going to be like what against Triple H in like the semi main event. Yes. 
and then after that was 31. So unless they were going to put him above Reigns, that was the time of Reigns' ascent. Yeah. Was at 31, and it was like, there you go. After that, right. he's, he's main event at 31, 32, and 33. Yeah, but I well, mean... How much do you bet Reigns th- is going to main event 34? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, this is, you know, all, you know, hearsay, but... AJ Styles didn't really have anybody to wrestle at WrestleMania this year, so they had to throw Shane at him. Yeah, but do you think there was any way that WWE was going to put Punk and AJ Styles as the main event? Oh, I'm not even saying as 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 the main event. I'm just kind of trying to say at this point, like that would have been a more entertaining match. And let me tell you something. Punk, and we oh, talked yeah. about this on the WrestleMania recap. Punk and Shane, I'm not Punk. Uh, AJ and Shane did deliver, but to everybody was looking at that as a build up they were kind of just like why is this match even fucking happening you have the best wrestler in the fucking world and you're having him jerking the old curtain with with Shane on on WrestleMania when mm-hmm. literally 2 months ago he was the champion where they made him drop the belt as a transitional champion it was it was it was it was weird but well, that's just i don't know i i wouldn't call AJ Styles a transitional champion I think well, he no, made no, no, enough... no. He wasn't the transitional champion. Cena was the transitional oh, champion. Oh, right, right. Drop it to the transitional. Yeah, you're right. Right, yeah. Gotcha. That's all I'm saying. It was it was it was it was full I mean, I guess so that was a thing, is you went to the fucking elimination chamber. And what a boner too that Cena's sixteenth title reign was a transitional championship reign. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, you know he's gonna break it. He's going to break it, but, oh, I, yeah. but I guess they'll make a bigger deal out of that. But you didn't need to do the 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 match with Cena to go into the elimination chamber where the champion, you know, he could AJ could have gotten still AJ was the last fucking person in there. Fucking had Bray Wyatt beat him at the end, which is what he fucking did anyway. It made no sense. No sense. Especially now looking back on it. Because then where did Cena spin off from that? Cena didn't even get a fucking rematch, or did he? I don't even think he got a rematch. I think he dropped the belt at the Elimination Chamber, and then yeah, we kind of... I don't think he did. They're probably just saving it for whenever they want to have him come back, no, and he can just... I, they, did a th- they did a triple threat. I think it was Cena and AJ and Wyatt on, like, SmackDown. Yeah. Well, that was... Maybe. Yeah, Maybe? They, did I... they do that? Did that happen? I don't remember. I feel like it did. <laughs> yeah, they. I'm pretty sure it did. Yes, it did because it happened that next uh, night on SmackDown, or the yeah. you know two nights after on SmackDown. See, there you go. But neither so, of them got the one-on-one rematch. And then technically, Bray Wyatt was a transitional champion too. Right, which was even more ridiculous because that whole storyline only made sense, I think, if Bray Wyatt was going to win. But because it's like Randy Orton doesn't give a fuck about having that title, which. At this point, I honestly think, because I don't think they're going to give it to Mahal. I think it's just too early, which is yeah, fine. Definitely. They can still build him and you know see if it works out later. But Unless I'm they thinking, just decide to say fuck it and pull an upset. I don't think so, though, because I, I think their plan is uh, maybe like Orton and Styles, maybe build towards that for SummerSlam. Like just a face versus face match, just a big old fuck it. Why not? Man. Because I don't see them putting the U.S. title on Styles. Like they're going to keep that on Owens at least for a little while. Um, and with Orton, it's like I don't think they're going to keep it on him for very long. So I think they're going to just build it up to whoever they're going to drop it to. But you know what? Maybe they're not going to put it on Styles. 
Maybe they would. I don't know. I think they're going to build up towards Orton and Styles because I think that would be a killer match. I think a lot of people would want to see that match. And honestly, I think, you know, Styles needs to be going for the title at this point. He's the top guy. And if they wanted to, they could kind of turn Orton heel. Fuck it. I guess. I don't think they would have to, though. I think that'd be fine to do face versus face between Styles and Orton. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm the only other thing I've really to, to talk about though, well, I mean, in regards to those two shows is, you know, we have two new number one contenders for the women's respective titles and I yeah. like it. I mean, you expected Charlotte. Yeah, absolutely. You, expe- you expected Charlotte to go immediately over there and have an effect and they put her right into it. And her, well, you know what, and, what I didn't expect was how well Naomi stood up against Charlotte. I think she looked really good against Charlotte. Well, the story here is, you know, Charlotte's whole thing is that she's superior and she's an athlete and all this stuff. Then you have Naomi, who herself is an athlete. So at this point, it's going to be the she's going to have to out athlete the athlete to keep the belt. I think that she's going to beat Charlotte, but Charlotte's going to get it. So I I see Naomi Hmm. beating her on SmackDown for that. She'll get another opportunity and take it. It's just too soon, right. but I really like Alexa Bliss getting making the jump shit because I was just like, I don't want to see Nia Jax again. I'm like, I could be okay with Mickey James, but I think that they made the right decision with going with Alexa. She just came from being on mm-hmm. SmackDown as as their champion, and she's she's good as a heel. I like it. Yeah, she's, she's. I think she's, she's absolutely the, the right choice right now because you know you, Nia Jax is not the right choice right now. Uh, it's too early to do Sasha, um, and Emma. I think right it. now needs to take out Dana first. Um, but yeah, I think Alexa is the perfect choice right now. Yeah, and, and it can you know just help. Uh, I think because if she gets really close and almost takes a title, that just further helps establish her. Because honestly, I think at this point their plan, and this is just out of a very small moment on that uh, interaction on Raw, I think they're. After this little feud, I think Alexa Bliss and Bailey's going to be kind of short. And then they're going to transition towards Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax with Nia Jax turning face. Based on the way that she was acting in this match and you know, afterwards that Nia, uh, Alexa Bliss stole the win from Nia Jax. And just like, I don't know, it just, I think if they do this too much over time, Nia Jax will eventually start to get sympathy. You know what, now that you say that, I could not be any more like not excited for a fucking storyline ever <laughs> like fuck <laughs> Are you serious right now Nia Jax is Nia Jax should still be in NXT she That's is true. still she is still too green and they honestly in my opinion they didn't build up her uh, they they never down there they hone on on your character and shape your character. They didn't fucking figure out her whole character because she's supposed to be like a pretty monster. Is that what's supposed to be? Basically, she's Beauty and the Beast. Right. <laughs> well, that's what she is. She's supposed to be Beauty and the Beast. She's both. I mean, she's got a pretty face and she's got a Samoan body. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. She's got a Samoan body, <laughs> a Samoan body, and a and 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 a pretty face. I'll give her that. But the problem is, is 
she she doesn't know how to work. She doesn't know her how I said earlier, a year ago, Braun Strowman didn't really know what he was doing, but now he gets where his spot is. Nia Jack still doesn't know what her spot is, and I feel like that is her biggest downfall because they're trying to push her, but she doesn't even know what she should be doing. Well, that's just my opinion. Yeah, but that's that's because they don't know what she should be doing either, so they can't tell her. And you know how the fuck is she just gonna figure it out? Like they have no idea. So I don't know. I I think that she's kind of doing the best with what they're giving her. But, you know, it's just not a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately. I don't know. I think she's okay. She's not great. She's still very, very green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Greener but, uh, than my grass. All right. But anyway, back over on SmackDown, though. I, I am yeah. beyond excited for some more Naomi and Charlotte. I thought that was a really great teaser of a first match between them. Yeah. And I think it's just going to get even better on SmackDown. I'd, yeah, you know what? I was... I was trying to figure out where they're going to go with the story, but I think you talking about it, uh, I think I'm. I think it'd be really great to see, yeah, Naomi, if she could cleanly beat Charlotte this first time to really help establish that even though they're both athletes, Naomi is maybe even the better athlete, so that then Charlotte can right. make up for the gap with the heel tendencies. Right. So the the what was I going to say with the this whole thing when they did the draft i mean i haven't been on the show since they did the not the draft but the the, the shake-up mm-hmm. i'm watching raw and i'm like okay well they brought over you know this person and then they brought over this person i was like fuck they're like cleaning out the entire roster but they didn't take aj mm-hmm. and already look at what they've done with the people that they brought in they didn't get many people, but you brought in Ty Dillinger, which wasn't really anything. Asset. At Owens, even though he was already a heel, even more of a heel. Tremendous. Yep. You bring in Charlotte, who's a key player, already, you know, making things happen over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who else did we have in that shakeup? I mean, <laughs> you've got the, the Shining Stars now just being well, called the Colognes again. Just the Colognes, but I mean, yeah. the, 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 the Shining Stars was, was a bullshit gimmick. And like oh, I yeah. said, SmackDown being the wrestling show, they're they're good workers. They they're trying to get him over. But man, speak of speak of guys that need a manager more than anything else. Those guys, the Colognes are American Alpha. Well, both, but more so the Colognes. Those guys have they've tried so many different gimmicks with those guys, and none of them have worked. And they need a manager because they're fine hands. Yeah, I was happy that they came out and attacked American Alpha and weren't trying to sell them uh, on vacation. So then that was like a great sign. And then they came out yeah. as the clones. I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. I see that they're at least trying to do something with them. Mm-hmm. Although, man, American, I think American Alpha not going to Raw was the biggest fuck up okay, of this great. draft. Like, yeah. oh, how I do you not put were... them with Kurt Angle? How do you I thought not that... do that shit? I. I thought it was a shoo-in that they were going, and the tag team that goes to smack to uh, Raw is Heath Slater and Heath Rhino. Slater and Rhino, what the fuck? Like, weren't they <laughs> supposed to break up forever ago? Yeah, but I don't know. I kind of like them together, but they were on TV, fr- so who gives a fuck at this point? <laughs> That's just once again me being nitpicky, but American Alpha. 
needs to be on Raw. I mean, like, look at look. Right, originally, I said they need to be on SmackDown, but now they need to be on Raw. You have the revival. Who Scott Dawson is going to be out for the next eight weeks, so they're not even going to be. They they straight up said oh, they're not man, going to be on TV too. for eight weeks. Wait, uh, which was it, is, it, is it Dash or Dawson? Pretty sure they said it was Dawson. Okay. He Whatever, broke his jaw. One, one of them NXT, <laughs> They were working an NXT house show over the weekend, and he broke his jaw. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. But you have the Revival on Raw. You have Gallows and Anderson on Raw. You have the Hardys on Raw. You have Cesaro and Sheamus on Raw. I think that American Alpha would have done so fucking much better over there. Because on SmackDown, you have the Usos, who were supposed to be heels, but they're basically fucking acting like they're baby faces still mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's they're 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 kind of lost where they are well they, they flip-flop back and forth with their in-ring style whether they work as yeah heels or faces. You, you lost the vaude villains so you're already down another tag team from the draft you have still the breezango which they're they're on when they need somebody to do a job right and now you have the big build-up to the new day coming back the smackdown tag division is is hurting and then you have American Alpha, like I said, but there's only so many times you can go to the well with with them. So I'm I'm wondering right. if maybe maybe we get DIY soon or another team to try and just give somebody else. The problem is there's just not enough there's not enough balance of baby faces and heels in any division, whether it be the you know tag teams, the women, the you know main men roster. There's just not a fair right. balance. Which is why I feel more now than ever that Ambrose needs to turn. There's not enough. There's not enough. Uh, not enough heels on Raw. Not enough heels on Raw. Yeah, well, because those motherfuckers won't turn Roman heel, so <laughs> probably gonna have yep. to turn Ambrose. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I honestly I think he's probably gonna drop the IC title back to Miz, uh, and then yeah, fuck it, he could go turn heel after that for all I care. Um, because yeah, I honestly I think that's half of the other reason that they drafted him over to Raw was because they want to put, uh, for whatever reason, they wanted to bring Miz to Raw and they wanted to keep him with the Intercontinental title. So, bring it with him. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's my theory, at least, because if, uh, I don't, like, where else do you see Miz or Ambrose going from here? Because unless Miz is going to climb up the card, which he's not, uh, he's got to go for the IC title, I think. And get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, they have them teasing like they're working together, but I feel that, you know, Ambrose is flat. They need to do something with them. They brought him over. Everything, everybody that has moved to the respective new shows pretty much has, well, unless you're Kurt Hawkins, has done something of relevance with the change, whether it happened right away or they're building to it. So I feel like they're going to bring Miz in. They're going to establish, they're going to establish Miz by getting the intercontinental belt back. And then in the same respect, you will do work after that to give Ambrose a, a, a fresh coat of paint. And that's what's yeah. best for everybody. Honestly, I think it's, it's also what the intercontinental title needs to, because Miz is really the guy who's been elevating it lately. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Honestly, here's another thing too. Miz also just needs to keep racking up those title reigns. Cause I think at this point, it's become an integral part of his character and gimmick for me. I think Miz needs to basically just hover around that intercontinental title basically until he retires and become the guy who's had like the longest reign, the most reigns, 
Like, fuck it. You could even have eventually, once he's in, like, whatever his, uh, I think it would have to be ninth reign to tie Jericho. Maybe when Jericho comes back, then there could be, like, a who's going to get the first tenth reign of the Intercontinental title or something between The Miz and Jericho. Hmm. I'd fuck with that. I'd see that at a WrestleMania. Like, if somehow the Intercontinental title is vacated and both of them are trying to get the first tenth reign ever. That'd be kind of a weird story to set up, but... I don't the know. The tenth reign. The tenth... Who's going to become the, the first ever ten-time Intercontinental champion? Book it. Book God it. damn pal. Because how many is the Miz at right now? Like, six, maybe? Um... Six or seven, I think. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, let's let's go to <laughs> let's the book. Find out. <laughs> Cause yeah, if he's if he's at like seven, that's definitely doable by WrestleMania next year. Like if he you know got another another title reign now to get to eight, drop it at some point, get last one to nine, then you just need to drop it one more time. Yeah, let's see. Does this uh? That tells you. So we want to know how many Miz is up to. Yeah, how many is the Miz up to? The Miz is on number six. Fuck. All right. Maybe um, it'll take like two years. Miz is at six, and what do we say Jericho was at? I think Jericho's at nine. That's funny. It's, I'm but, all the way back. Jericho is at nine. His last reign was in 2009. When he dropped it to uh, Mysterio, I think. Yeah, he he won it from Mysterio. Uh, well, yeah, Mysterio won it from JBL twenty five, dropped it to Jericho at Extreme Rules. The same month, he dropped it back to Mysterio, who then dropped it to Morrison. Yep. There you go. Little quick uh, history lesson there. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, but that's the thing who is then right dropped now, it to McIntyre. That is correct. Who is back and I don't know. I think he's been looking pretty fucking good. What do you think? Since in NXT? Back. Yeah. Hey, you know what? He, he needed the time. He's one of the only people that took the time uh, after leaving WWE because most of everybody's just like, oh, well, there you go. Now the WWE guy going to TNA. He went to right. TNA and reinvented himself. And I, when I remember when he first came in that night, it was... Uh, when Matt Hardy was the heel, Matt Hardy was a heel champion at that point. He was after he had just done the heel turn, so it was honestly only about a year ago. So was it wasn't this even like the the broken heel turn. No, 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 no. This was the original. This was, uh, this was, uh, when he couldn't beat EC3. So they did the double switch, turned EC3 baby face, turned Matt Hardy heel, which is right when he went to pop TV. Hmm. So they brought in, am I making shit up? I feel like he, they, they've put the belt on him pretty quickly. Once they did it, they did like a live tape and he, he won the belt kind of like on a mat. Like they announced the match at the beginning of the show, and by the end of the show, he was the champion, which is kind of a thing that TNA is notorious for doing, especially <laughs> on their live shows. Um, but he had a good run with it. He had it for, for several months, and uh, that's, you know, in that time, he kind of honed in on the character that he was trying to portray and not the... I mean, if you remember, Drew McIntyre was, you know, clean-shaven 
baby face with, you know, long hair and, you know, just a good looking guy. But with TNA, he got the kind of stringy looking wet hair and grew the beard and mm-hmm. was doing that. But in that, he was also then going and doing all the independence and he was big and evolve and big in what culture, which has now become like the number one uh, UK product. And he was popping up all over and doing all these different other companies. And then at that point was when, you know, WWE snatched him back up because he was back out there and he, he's got the same name, but he has reinvented himself from what he was. So they're, they're going to let him come in. And he's probably going to, I, I honestly didn't see, he cut a promo on NXT last week, right? Mm-hmm. I did not see that promo, but I can honestly assume without seeing it, that he's not going to pick up where Drew McIntyre left off. Cause that was three and B anyway. He's going to kind of, he's going to pretty much be what he became on the indies. He might throw the chosen one in there again. I don't know. Did he? No. Um, Say good. Good. I like that. Yeah. The only thing I like that they've picked up is just the old name so far. Yeah. Because they seems like he's, yeah, whatever he's been doing out in the indies. Yes. Which is, which is excellent because he's done a good job. Um, the only problem is if he goes back to the main roster, then he's going to be a mid Carter at best again. I don't yeah, see them I'm putting the belt out. Well, you know what? I think part of the biggest reason they brought him back is maybe he's going to be the guy they're going to build like the UK shit around. Cause they've got the UK belt. Well, that's the biggest reason why I feel they scooped him up and yeah. they scooped JR because they all had big parts to do with that growing UK scene. And they're trying to fucking just put a strangle on that. Right. Yeah, put a strangle on that, get the guys in, and then it's like, all right, now we can have our UK thing. Which I think it's very interesting and strange that with the UK title, only UK guys can compete for it. But for the US title, anybody can compete for the US title. That's interesting. Like, I don't know. just seems kind of strange to me. Huh. Well. <laughs> well, we're on the NXT. I mean, were you done with Raw and SmackDown? Want to just quick touch on NXT and anything else, and we can... uh. Do the old go home. Oh, well, you know what? I think I've got a really crucial question from Raw that I've got to ask you. Yeah, sure. Does Apollo Crews join the Titus brand? God. You want to know something? (laughs) You want to? I'm sure. Let him fucking do it because he is another one who, with Nia Jax, they never friggin' figured out who he was and brought him up. I mean, I, I never saw any of his work as Uha Nation on the indies, but he mm. was hot enough that they scooped him up and then, you know, they put the WWE, you know, twist on him and I don't think he ever really came to much of what he needed to be. So now here he is and you have Titus who's you know, kind of over here and they don't know excuse me, what to do with him. So fuck it. Put him together. Nothing racist about it. They're two guys. <laughs> The two guys, hey, they're two African-American guys who have good physiques, have nothing going on, but hey, like, they're working for the company that they want to work for, it's just that they don't have anything for them. If they're going to give you something, fucking go with it. What the fuck do you have to lose? So I think that, you know, they definitely should do something with it there. Because what are they What, what are they going to do? Have them not, and then have them have a shitty fucking one-off match on Raw, which continues everything that they've done with uh, Titus O'Neil for the last two years? No, I'm with you 100%. I think he should absolutely sign up. I think Titus O'Neil should actually be his manager. Just come out and manage Apollo Crews. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Maybe event. Maybe every once in a while he could come out and throw a punch. But like for the most part, just have Titus O'Neil be this weird manager guy. He would never let him manage, and I'll tell you why. Because he's fucking like two feet taller than him. Wouldn't that be kind of? I don't know. I think that'd be kind of fucking funny though. Dude, that was that was the whole issue with with Don Callis when he was when he was Cyrus. No, he was he wasn't Cyrus. He was Cyrus in ECW, but he was the 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 jackal in the WWF. Friggin' Don Callis is like six seven, mm-hmm. and like everybody else except for like Curtin was shorter than him, so he was taller than everybody that he was managing. It was just kind of fucking weird. And then the same thing when he was in ECW and he was managing, and well, he wasn't managing, but he was basically managing Carino. Rhino, once again, all people that he's tall that he's uh you know sh- taller than, right? <laughs> but that's kind of like a like a like a death sentence. It's like a lot like and Vince is not gonna, you know, do that. I could tell you that it's a good idea, but I don't see Vince doing that. I see them more or less being a a tag team. But once again, like I said, they need more tag teams. But then again. What's another fucking tag team to just be doing jobs? Like I feel right. like I miss when you had five, six, seven tag teams, and all of them were relevant. And at any point in time, any of them could have been a contender. And you would believe if any of them, you know, took the belts. You you have a match on Raw. For all you know, the the titles are going to change hands tonight because you, you don't know what you're going to get with these with these teams. Yeah, the unfortunately the problem is with a lot of those teams. It's like yeah, they're very equal, but a lot of them are very equally like not built up. Is the problem, or a lot of them are they're built into this very like they're all kind of right in the middle. You know, like Cesaro and Sheamus are right kind of at like that, that same mid level as like Enzo and Cass and the club. Like nobody outside of like the Hardys who've just come back and haven't lost yet. Like nobody feels like true winners of the division. Yeah, you know, everybody yep. just kind of feels like they're just guys. Just guys. Yep. But uh, I got to say, one person I'm really proud of for becoming not just one of the guys anymore is Drew Gulak. I think his whole, uh, you know, basically the anti-cruiserweight, cruiserweight guy gimmick is great. It's very reminiscent of the right to censor. He's coming out there with the bike megaphone now. He has a whole, like, sign of, like, saying no fly zone. I don't, did you see uh, 205 this week? I actually watched it right after uh, NXT during the recording uh-huh. of the show. Had yeah. it on my second screen over here. <laughs> so did you see him come out and yeah, he interrupted Ali's match and was just you know blaring at him? Yes. I didn't I hear what he great. was saying, but I saw and you had pre-warning, so I kind of got what was going on with it. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is possibly one of the greater heel gimmicks they have on 205 Live because it's like you can apply this to damn near everybody on the roster. He can just start grounding and pounding these guys and taking them out of the sky. Fuck it. I mean, you know, I don't think he's going to be championship contender yet, but he's definitely, I think, like a solid mid-card heel within 205 Live. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, well the whole it's, two still, of... it's still kind of a new gimmick for him, but... Yeah, I mean, they. the, the, the thing is, is now that you have already gone to the well and at WrestleMania I thought you were going to have Aries beat Neville you had Neville knock him off and then I'm pretty sure did, didn't they do the rematch like last week wasn't there isn't coming up pretty no, sure that they were doing cause didn't, yeah because I knew that he won uh, he, he won the number one contenders match right. so 
you already kind of have teased that they're going in the direction of kind of TJ Perkins and Aries working, but Neville's still kind of in there right now. You're going to need more people because I feel like it's kind of already shifted to being the, the you see the same people every fucking week is my point. Like TJ Perkins, we I don't think you really saw him that much for a while, and then he came back into the turn. They had kind of kept him off. But you see Brian Kendrick every week, not necessarily wrestling. Right. You see Noam Dar every week with Alicia Fox. You yeah, see, where do you think they're going to go with him now that he's uh, been dumped by Alicia Fox? Or, or Alicia Fox? She's single, <laughs> and she's better. What well, I mean, like, what what are they going to do with? Him? <laughs> Pretty sure that was the line she threw, and I was like. The fuck off my single TV. is better. <laughs> single like, she's is better. Fucking, this like she legitimately is like I feel like she's one of the only people in the company that legitimately is is her character in real life. She fucking shaved her head off and then like I think they were kind of just like, yeah, no, you need to uh, you need to have hair. So then it was just like, oh, now we're gonna start putting wigs on her every week. And then I think there was I think there was one match she was working where that shit just uh was kind of. Not really holding on. Yeah, there was there was one where it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. That would be the one because I remember saying it was like, ugh. Yeah, I think somebody didn't somebody like come away with a piece of it. That I don't remember. I probably fast forwarded through the match. <laughs> That's a good point. But yeah, dude, I I think uh I don't know I. I'm excited to see where what happens to Noam here because I I like Noam Dar. There's something about him. I like the guy. Well, you know the problem is there's a there's there's likable things about a lot of these 205 guys. I mean even like Jack Gallagher and all. The problem is is that none of them have ever really had time to tell stories and stuff like that. It was kind of like here's the cruiserweight classic. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys. If you actually watch this, you saw the buildup and you saw these things. Right. Then it was, here's the Cruiserweight division with all the guys that if you watch, you know, the Cruiserweight classic, you know who these people are. Here they are. No reintroduction. Then it was, here's 205 Live, a brand new show with only Cruiserweights. Once again, here's the same people that if you watch the Cruiserweight classic six months ago, these are those guys. So the problem is, is that, you know, if you're watching it, like you're really hardcore and you've, you've watched those things and you follow it to be honest with you, I've, I've been watching wrestling since 1992. Well, I mean, probably before that, but that's as early as I can remember. And I do not watch two or five live. Really? I've Mm -hmm. watched a handful of episodes, but I, I never, I still never got a chance to watch the cruiserweight classic. I don't really know these. Like, I know them enough, but mm-hmm. as as an outsider, that's the only. This is the only show I can look at as and point as the casual fan. I don't see any reason why I should care about any of these people on this show because there's no reason they they've never given me a reason to. Because I don't know who the hell they are. Right, and that's that was such a fucking problem. And actually, even. Uh... Going back to the Cruiserweight Classic as a reference point, like, even part of the problem with using that right now is that, like, some of those guys that are, I mean, half of those guys aren't really on TV, but then the guys that are, half of them aren't even really working the gimmick that they were working then. Like, Brian Kendrick was a face in the Classic, and he's a heel now. 
Same with TJ Perkins. You know, the Bollywood boys are now going to be part of something with uh, General Hall there. So, like, a lot of these guys have, are changing up from what they even wear in the classic. And right. it was just – it was asking people way too much, way too fast. I think what they should have done is honestly had a storyline maybe running with, like, Neville and Kalisto, a couple of these other cruiserweight-type guys, and just introduce the concept again of, like, hey, what if there was cruiserweight shit? Hey, guess what? Let's do a tournament. Hey, that'd be cool. And then some of those guys start leaking in after the tournament, and then it's like, oh, now we're seeing them against the guys that we already know, so that then we can get a reference point, like if a lot of them fought Kalisto and Sinkara and Neville. And then, you know, you get the title, and you get their own show eventually. Like, it, it was just a lot really fast, and it took them a long time to think, get their footing. And they've been starting to, I think, over the last couple months. Like, I think really when they found the King gimmick with Neville... That was the start of when they were really starting to figure out the cruiserweight division. Because he's the anchor for the whole thing. Yeah. Ne- ne- Neville coming over was a, was definitely a game changer in that, in that division. Yeah, uh, because before it, that, he everybody was, who had the title just kind of felt like that's the guy who has the title right now. But Neville well, felt like, like the first champion, really. Well, like I said earlier, is... Neville is the only person out of all of them that you could have pointed a finger at and been like, I know who this is. Right. I am very well educated on who he is because he's been around for so long. We've seen his character evolve. And now it was like, okay, he turned heel when he went into that division, but it was okay. You know, I knew who he was. So that's why he felt more like the only person that was kind of like larger than life. And, not larger than life, but like larger than everybody else in the division. Like he kind of was definitely on his own. He didn't feel like he was in the pact with everybody else. Right. Yeah, actually, because honestly, I think if they were going to completely redo it, probably the ideal way they should have done it was just have made Neville legitimately the first cruiserweight champion. Like either through a couple of other guys coming into raw or whatever. And then he had to fight them off to become the champion or like he fights a couple other guys who are already on Raw that are cruiserweights. They establish a title and then they bring in cruiserweights to keep fighting these guys. Like, you know, because ultimately we've seen now, like this is really where it started to succeed. And you pointed out why. Because Neville was the guy that we knew. Right. You know, everything else, everybody else we were building from scratch. Like, imagine the fucking, bo- like, even the very small ways that like TJ Perkins' first thing got boned. So like... You know, they, they give him the title. He comes out as the champion. And the first night that they even have cruiserweight shit, they had other cruiserweights wrestle, but not the champion. Like, got to make you tune in next week, kid. <sighs> well, I, I don't know. I guess then it was kind of unique because then his debut was on the pay-per-view. So I guess that was smart in its own way. But I don't know. From, a, from an establishing the character perspective of like, oh, you're supposed to care about this guy on Sunday. Oh, wait, the first time I'm going to watch him fight is on Sunday? Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> You're asking a lot. <laughs> Could you believe that we've rambled on here for an hour and 43 minutes already? Wow. I don't even think the WrestleMania, I don't even think the WrestleMania recap show was, went this long. <laughs> uh, it, it might have. That was a pretty long one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a... All right. Do you want to wrap it up, or did you have anything else to say then? Uh, NXT, Eric Young, Ty Dillinger, oh, cage yeah, match. Fuck. How could I not talk about that? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was the only real notable thing from NXT. 
uh, from this other, week. They, other than his Deo Tommy coming back, and my question yeah, of uh, is he going to stay yeah. healthy long enough to fight for the title? He has not completed. I don't think he's actually made it through a storyline yet. Everyone that started has stopped. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, we'll we'll find out. I mean, we still never think... found out who injured him. A long, long time oh, ago, when he was right. taken out, I don't think they ever resolved that. Holy shit, you're fucking right. <laughs> I fucking forgot that they dropped all of that. Wow. Wow. Okay, Those then. bastards. Who? Yeah. Who injured Hideo Tommy? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it it looks like that that's the direction they're going with Bobby Roode going forward. Uh, and that was like this week was the last one they had in the can. And last night they started tapings. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what, what comes going forward. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had this killer cage match with uh, Eric Young and Ty Dillinger. And uh, we got some blood. Yeah, we got some blood. I loved that. Which was, was very effective. It wasn't friggin' gushing all over the place. Um, and I'm not honestly sure if that was if that was hard way or not, but uh, you know it, it helped add to the match. It was yeah. a simple match. They went about 15 minutes and uh, did a spot or two off the top of the cage. You know, people were catching people and yeah, Eli but, jumped off the cage like a crazy motherfucker yeah. for that elbow yeah. drop. Yeah. Ty Dellinger won, which to me was shocking. I kind of mm-hmm. thought that Ty was. Um, you know, going to do the the favor on the way out. But I mean, I guess it makes sense. I thought that Ty I, finally was going to mm-hmm. get some revenge on them at, at that last takeover. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's what they decided to do. Flip flop was that it's like, all right, because yeah, Ty was the one that got pinned in that match too. So it was right. like he did the job at takeover to put over sanity as a whole. But then this was his way to get revenge on Eric Young, I guess. Which yeah. I think makes sense. I like it. And it, it's a really nice send-off, I think, for Ty Dillinger. Because he's a guy that's been down at NXT forever. Yeah. And the NXT crowd fucking loves him. And this is like a really nice kind of like... I don't know. It felt like a really proper send-off of just like, thanks for all your fucking years of hard work down here. Well, I agree. But yeah, definitely go take the time to check that, that match out from this week. Definitely. And actually, I thought it was actually one of the really uh, few good uses of a cage, too. I liked how, um, you know, of course, the heel actually did say, like, you know, all right, you guys can go out. I'm, you know, going to fight this on my own. And then when they're coming in, you know, it was uh, they used the mat, like, not in a way that, like, oh, we're going to get inside the steel cage and then straight out cheat and then get our guy out. But we're going to, like, lock you back in to make sure you can't escape. Like, I thought that was a really good heel use of the cage. Especially in this idea, like the cage is like such a deadly thing to fight inside of. So it's like, oh, yeah. we're trapping into you, trapping you in there with and, EY, and then he eventually overcomes the numbers and turns it around on them and traps them in the cage. Like, perfect, perfect ten. Yeah, perfect send off for him. There you go. And so, I guess this uh, is probably gonna be a good send off for us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So uh, <laughs> for for Joe, you know, he'll be back next week to, um, you know, take back his uh, whatever it is that he does on this show. <laughs> and yeah, uh, back, back to being the wonderful uh, co-host of the show. 
Yes, exactly. I, I never have a problem with being, uh, you know, sitting in the old co-host chair. But, uh, you know, I'll let Joe feel important so he can come back next week. Hopefully <laughs> he has a good time in uh, Florida. And, uh, yeah. yeah well, we'll, hey, it we'll, was a pleasure having you filling in. This dude, is a lot of fun. always love, always love uh, being able to shoot the shit about wrestling with uh, you guys. So uh, thank you for having me. Yes, yeah, so, I mean every fucking week. If you're if you want to come on, just let me know. You're welcome. Then I have your number now. <laughs> I can find you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what, what's that? You got Facebook and Twitter and yeah, Facebook, friggin- Twitter, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you, if, you, if, you, if you know Podbean where the fuck we are, you probably already know. Friggin' Smart Brothers and all that <laughs> stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, all that stuff. See that—that's what Joe does. That we is what Joe does. He's the plug that man. is what Joe does. We couldn't uh, do it. We both were just like, uh, I don't know, the Facebook, the Twitter, the fuck. Yeah, they, they exist, <laughs> but I don't know what they are. Yeah, so uh, check us out. Obviously, you have. Leave us a like, review, whatever the fuck. Shove it up your yeah. ass. I don't care. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later, man. Episode 69. Out, motherfuckers. So good.